Are you feeling stuck, lost, or confused about what to do next in your career? Then the Manifest Your Career podcast is just right for you. I'm your host, Dr. Norma Reyes, a career mindset coach. I help successful Latinas who are battling self-doubt, self-sabotage, and imposter syndrome. I teach my clients how to combine their intuition, skills, and knowledge so that they can manifest their dream career. It's time you start listening to your inner wisdom and guidance. Tune in each week to the Manifest Your Career podcast and learn how to align your mindset to your career goals. Keep listening and together we'll manifest your dream career. Hey guys, welcome back. This is episode 42 and I have another guest for you all. Her name is Emma Wong and she shares her career journey with self-love for career success. She is a leading expert in teaching women how to deeply fall in love with themselves on a mind, body, and soul level so they can use self-love to create and thrive in their dream lives. I can't wait for you guys to hear her journey. Emma, thank you so much for joining us. Can you tell us about your family background? Where did you grow up and who did you grow up with? For sure. Um, I'm actually born and raised in China, the southern part of China. So I grew up in a quite an interesting family. So I'm raised between a traditional, you know, Chinese background, but my parents are pretty chill compared to those very traditional, you know, Asian culture parents. They're very supportive of my interests. And it's funny, I was brainwashed by my mom to study a board since I was maybe 10 she would start bringing up about oh when you grow up do you want to study a board and when you're a kid you wouldn't know anything you just think your parents think anything better for you I'm like yeah sure why not so I was born and raising that kind of family um, so I was living in China until I was 18 and then I moved to Canada which is where I'm living right now for university pretty much by myself (laughs) yeah which is really different and yeah i can't imagine moving to a whole different place and you know and and you know maybe something that your mom saw as an opportunity right because yeah it's for the best in her eyes it was for the best not thinking of the challenges that came with that it sure was i feel like maybe back in the days there was like a um you know, there's some American dream kind of thing. Initially, she wants to send me to the UK. But then things change. And then we just decided it's Canada then. But yeah, it was really interesting to grow up in that kind of background. Yeah. So now when you were young, and people asked you what you wanted to do when you grew up, what do you recall telling them? (laughs) This is a very funny one. So I thought about this when I was growing up. The first I never knew what I want to do exactly. I was the one that following what's cool and what's trendy growing up. Oh, I want to be a model because they were super cool. And I want to be a flight attendant because in China, only the 
people who are pretty and tall can be a flight attendant. So of course, for a young girl, you want to be like that kind of figure. And um, when I was real little, I wanted to be like an artist to paint. But then when I grew up, I just realized I don't have that much talent in painting. <laughs> so I just gave it up. But yeah, I never really have a set um, like idea of what I really want to do until I really lately, like the last three years, I figure out what I want to do. It's been a journey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good, though. I feel like, you know, a lot of times it goes either way. Sometimes you can have an idea and then you get stuck on one. You to only do that and not explore other things. Or sometimes you have no idea. and makes you feel even more lost. Yeah, for sure. So do you remember having any career role models? You talked about the flight attendants, right? When it was really yeah. a lot of that physical part it goes back to like wanting to be a model. But, which yeah. also makes me think about, I think, was there ever a time that a woman didn't want to be a model? Because I'm pretty sure that at one point in my time, I'd be like, I'm, and I'm short, I'm like 5'1". <laughs> so, you know, it's definitely not a possibility for me because of that. But I feel like that's something uh, maybe all women have at one point mm -hmm. been like, oh, I wish I could be a model. Yeah, I feel like that's like a society um, conditioning for us that only the one that's are pretty or like outstanding could stand out. But in terms of role model, I would think that would be my mom. Because growing up, she's such a like a, you know, strong independent woman. She's always the like the manager and later on she was even the CFO of like a local company. So she was really the role model to me. And what's funny is when I was younger, she was in a higher position. She has more time freedom back then. So she would just like, you know, work half day and that other half day, she would just out and about and shopping or maybe like, you know, get some nice food for us. So she was definitely my role model. She's like a perfect balance of like strong, independent, but then still really loving and caring and just, She's a great balance of both. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And that's that really helps us as children to really have that. Mm -hmm. So now can you tell us about your educational background? You were in school in China mm -hmm. and then you went to Canada for, yeah, university. for university. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Um, so I was in growing up, I was really not a great, you know, the straight A students. I was never one. <laughs> So it was quite challenging, especially in like in Asian culture, like it's really strict in terms of studying. Luckily, I went to like an international um, high school. So I was having more freedom and I can really focus on just studying English or whatever I like. And then after I come to Canada, um, I went to this university in a smaller town in southern Ontario in Canada. That's where I really learned like the differences between like the, the Asian and Western culture. And of course there's some, you know, as an international student, it was really a struggle for me to uh, adapt to different culture and the language barrier was there as well. It was definitely a, um, a life-changing experience, a bittersweet experience and I learned that piece of paper doesn't define you at all. Because I remember back in the days, oh, and how I got into this university was such a tradition. 
um, I want to say traditional. It's more like a um, typical way of like being a Chinese or slash Asian students. I didn't know what I want to do. Back back then, I was only eighteen. I was following my parents. You know, they what they want me to do. Oh, my mom was like, "You should be an accountant because every um company we need an accountant." I'm like, "Okay, sure, I'll do that then." And little did I know, I really hated it so much. <laughs> that was so miserable. My first year of university was so miserable that I failed my accounting exam. Those are my major courses. Okay, I failed. I remember one of the professor would, would let would not let me pass for one mark. I was still so sad. That's whoever's listening right here remember whoever did that to you they don't deserve you because <laughs> yeah that wasn't really shaping me for who I am today that uh, just really you should start looking for what you like because back then I realized I really hated accounting and and then I switched my uh, major to business admin Which was much better was my personality better because there's no strict rules for what I need to do. I was mainly doing the general courses like marketing, you know, business. So there's more like freedom. So I think that was really important for me to understand. Oh, I can actually communicate well with people. That's what I like to do. So that was really a shape shipping、um, for years. Yeah, so I love what you said about the、um, the grades thing, right? A lot of times we are taking courses, and you know, a professor mistreats us.、Uh, professors are human too, you know. They are. They're put on this pedestal when they are really. Just... They are. Oh my god, they are okay. I'm not mean to say bad things about them, but some of them they really need to do some trauma healing work. Yes, to stop traumatizing、yes. students, and yeah, yes, definitely. I like how you worded it. I mean, they're human too, but I think you know, we go through school, like elementary, middle school,、yeah. high school, and you know, we're told or taught to respect these individuals and that they want our best, right? And I would、mm-hmm. say majority of people do want your best, but there's people out there who are just not. At a good place in their life, and、so、you know,、great. you may be a trigger to them for whatever reason, and you're just the person who's then on the end of it, right? Yeah. So you completed college. Now, can you tell us how your career unfolded from when you graduated college to the corporate position that you're in? Yeah, I would say it's definitely a bumpy road. <laughs> for me,、um, when I first graduated, I didn't really. Get a job right away, because I remember when I graduated first, I thought I wanted to do marketing, because it was so much fun. Because I started school with accounting, which is there's so much rules. I hated it. <laughs> And props to anyone who can complete an accounting degree. You guys are troopers, because <laughs> I, I cannot. So yeah, I thought I wanted to do marketing, but then I feared they asking for a lot of experiences. That I didn't have much, and I found out a lot of marketing associate just really sells, and I'm not really comfortable with being like a person who just selling every day. And that took me a while to figure what I want to do. And I'm just submitting my resumes everywhere, hoping I can get a job. 
And luckily, after because I graduated in June 2015, but then I was traveling for two months, you know, just relaxing after school, and I got the, my first, very first job、um, at the end of September. I would say because before I get my current job、um, as a business analyst, a senior business analyst, I had two jobs prior prior to this. But the very first one was a great reminder for me how your childhood trauma can shape your experience in the workplace. The first one was very start with very toxic, and you know my manager was you know the tiger woman. Pretty much,、um, he was filled with a lot of codependency, a lot of like you know unhealthy work environments. But besides that, I really learned how to work super fast and very efficiently. So I learned to really make friends with a lot of like peer coworkers, because it was a smaller company, and I learned that you should not let people take advantage of you just because you're new to the whole workplace. Because my boss back then, he would love to hire like fresh out of college students. Because they're young, especially for us like international students. Because a lot of us wanted to get like the permanent residency. So we first need a a like a proper job. So he kind of took advantage of that of us. We were overworking and no like no、um, overtime at all. Like we work overtime, but we're never paid for that. So that was really bad. And work for two years and a half, which. Was pretty impressive in a sense because that was definitely not really good for mental health. So I quit because I feel like, yes, I got what I needed—the experience. Okay, also the um the status for a CK, and then become like permanent residence in Canada. So okay, and it's done because it was getting worse. There were short stuff. and I don't think I should keep on working here because everyone I know who used to work with me. When I first started, they all left, and I felt like there's no such a support system for me, so I left. And then I took a month break, just really reorganized, and then I found my second job, which is gonna become another bigger lesson. <laughs> that before I quit my first job, I thought to myself, "Oh, I don't want to do this anymore because it was all about operations." Okay, I forgot to mention this. My first job, I was like gate admin, just like a back office admin in like a securities trading, you know, brokerage firm. It's an online brokerage firm, so there was a lot of like mandate, a lot of just operational stuff. So I quit. I'm thinking, oh, that's kind of boring. I didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, you can see like the theme of my you know career life. It's like I don't want to do things that keep on repeating. So after a month of like not working, the fear got the best of me. I felt like, oh, I should start working soon because you know you don't want to be, you know, spending your parents' money or spending on your savings. So just not really setting a great standard, and I would just you know send out all my resumes, hoping I'll get a job again. You can see like as I was coming from lack, of course, that、like, you would attract more lack. So there's random recruiter coming to me, and she was saying, "Oh, there's a job for you." And then my intuition was telling me, "Ugh, I don't think you like it." 
But my fear was like, oh, no, no, let's just try it. And then I was working so hard to prepare for the interview. So, of course, they, they would get me in because there was such a low paying job and it's on contract. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you're in. So I was like, oh, yes, I'll take it. But even though my intuition was telling me, uh, you're not going to enjoy it, but I didn't listen to it. And it turned out to be another year and a half in an even more toxic work environment. That was really bad. That, you know, my supervisor was just yelling at people, yelling at me in front of everyone, swear at me. I mean, it was in a big five banks position. And back in the days, okay, I should mention this. Back in the days, I would dream about working in a big bank. Just, you know, because everyone thinks a great thing. So I thought to myself, I want to be in there too. But once you get in there, you realize the banks use you as a unit. They don't even see you as a person or depending on a team. But a lot of times they treat you or not as nicely. So I was there. That was so toxic. <laughs> Now I think about it. Like the coworkers would gossip about you. They even would just like talk really badly on, about you on Skype. They would laugh at you. That was such a, that really reminded me of my younger um, self who was traumatized, you know, like the bullying, school bullying. That was exactly what happened in my last work. Mm-hmm. And I was also overworking until 11 sometimes. And that was really, really bad. And Of course, my work performances was really low as well. So people would think I was not a good worker. So that's also a reminder for whoever's listening here is sometimes it's not like, it's not that you're not good. It's just maybe the work environment's not providing a safe and healthy space for you to be your fullest expression of yourself. And sometimes it's a great way for you to determine, do you really want to work like this for your rest of your life? Or is this time for you to really take a pause and think about what do I really want? So that became my turning point. I worked there for a year and a half. Luckily, I got like they turned me into like a full-time position, but still a very low paying job for the amount of work I need to do. Of course, I I couldn't take it anymore. So of course, I quit again. I always, before I quit, I always thought maybe I should look for a better job before I quit, you know, like get yourself prepared before you just, you know, jump off the bridge. But um, I was in such a bad place mentally and energetically. It's really hard for me at the time to really connect to a better job because you were, I was not an energetic match to like a happier, better job. So might as well just cut it and get out of the um, environments first and detox. So that was a great decision, but not the most, not a wise one because I didn't really have many plans. I didn't have much savings. That was not a good place to be. So, and I quit without knowing what I want to do. I just know I really hated this place. And then it happened, what happened next is like, I was fun employed, aka just no job for half a year <laughs> and really searching what I want to do. I thought to myself, hey, maybe I should do marketing because it was so much fun. But um, I, I realized, no, that was not something I really want to do. It just, I thought I want to get out of the whole, you know, working for finance. 
kind of like a um, place, but no, I just want to get out of that, that work environment. I still like feel more comfortable to work for, you know, a financial institution because I have more of the knowledge and experience. And during the whole, you know, the, that three and a half years working for these two jobs, I was, you know, still trying to live in someone else's like expectations of what is a success in your career. I was just forcing myself to study, you know, those certificates, the CFAs. I think this stands for Certified Financial Analyst. I hated it so much. I spent so much money on it thinking I should get a, that paper to prove I'm qualified to be a business analyst in the future. And also, you know, all the requirements they ask for you is like you have to go to Excel, go to SQLs, all of this. I spent all this money. I learned nothing. I hated it. And that's a sign that those are not for me. And then fast forward to now, how I got my current job was I decided this is what I want to do. And I start sending a resume and get myself back in into the preparation for um, applying for jobs again. But this time it's different because now I have, um, it was two years ago, right before the pandemic, early 2020. So I decided, hey, I need, I want to work in a place that respect me and love me for who I am and really treasure what I can bring to the culture and a healthy experience. So I started applying and it was a, it was not a smooth process for sure because I was so close to give in and go back to those toxic environment again. I remember I was going on so many interviews thinking I'm a good fit, but people would tell me, no, no, I think you're not a good fit. That was really I was struggling for a bit. And I remember the last place I interviewed before this job was another bank, the big fives. And I remember that the manager was really skeptical about me because I quit the job. She think maybe I did something really bad and she think I was lying, blah, blah. So that was not a great energy for sure. But I was so, I was sensing my desperation for a job again that oh, maybe I really want it. But you know, once you experience, once you decide what you want and the universe receive it, he won't even let you to go back to the, the path again because you learn a lesson until you, unless you really, really want to go through the lesson again, that would be so miserable. So remember I was trying my best. Like, oh, maybe, yeah, um, you know, it's another bank. Maybe they're better because they have better re- reputation. But when I was in the interview, I can sense people are stressed. Even when they ask, so there's a trick when people ask you what you can do. If they ask you a lot of questions like, how well do you handle deadlines? How well can you handle a lot of things? That's a sign. Maybe there's a lot of things for you to do, but you might be pushed around to finish everything in tight deadline that you might want to do, you might not want to do. And I see the manager and people, they're all kind of looking like, they're not in a gray space. Especially um, the supervisor, she um, interviewed me, she seemed really stressed. And I just felt like, it's kind of icky. I tried to push through the, the feeling, but um, thank God for universe for not letting me take the job. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so uh, that's fast forward for now. 
how I got this current job was I just got like a um uh, an email from this recruiter. She was telling me, "Hey, we have this job. Like, would you want to try it?" At first, when I look at the job description, it was I feel like, oh, maybe I disqualify for this because they're asking for so much stuff, but I don't have everything. Qualification they're asking for, but I just went for it anyways because there's nothing to lose, right? And I'm so glad I did. And I just realized sometimes you don't have to meet any qualification in the job description, and you don't need all the certificates they're asking for to be qualified for a job. Because that all the things are man-made, they have a template for job description. The HR department just you know copy and paste whatever the um, the hiring manager wants. So I went for it, and the interview went great, and I was hired. At the start of the pandemic, I was working from home since then, and that it was. Cr- Crazy how what I want actually came through is everyone loved me so much. They respect me. They value me as a person. I'm working so like at least sixty percent less than what I was doing. I get at least two times more. I'm making two times more than what's making before, but working sixty percent less with a healthy, healthy um, work environment. People and the best people to work with. So that's really a manifestation came true, because it, it, it was really working. Yeah, so that was my experience. Yeah. yeah, I really like how you mentioned about, you know, you went in on that job prior to this one. You went to the interview and you could sense it, right? Yeah. But your fear was like, you know, that desperation of like, I need a job. Started if you're trying to ignore. Yeah your intuition. But fortunately, you didn't get it right. You didn't have to learn that lesson again. Um, Anybody listening, if you're finding yourself in that rep, you know, the repetition, we've all had that where everything is great. Or maybe it wasn't even great. When you first started, you already kind of had an inkling, it wasn't going to be great. Mm -hmm. But you still accepted it, right. And then you just kind of have to learn that lesson that really, it's all up to you and what you are willing to accept and attract. And so then it leads me to my next question. What is some of the worst career advice that you've received? Oh, I love this question. (laughs) Growing up (laughs) as a Chinese person, like I see that embody and love a lot of people before. It's just like work as hard as you can, you know. It just like, you know, people were telling you, you got to show your worth you got to work to work so much harder than other people to show the company how good you are. I call that such a total crap because your worth is not equal to how much you work, how much you work at all. And you don't have to show people how much you're worth because if you don't believe in yourself, no matter how much you do, People who still not see your value because you you were not seen for yourself. Yeah, that's something she really cross off from everyone's you know, you know mindset. It's just like no, how much, 
how much harder you work does not equal how much you're worth. Yeah, yeah, definitely doesn't. And it definitely doesn't equate a promotion because there's plenty of people that work hard. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. Wow. It's funny how in the corporate world, is it's not how much harder you work to determine for a promotion. It's how well and how efficient and how flexible you are to fix a solution and also stand out, make yourself stand out to really trust in your ability to deliver your work 100% without put yourself, you know, on an edge. Definitely. So now what has been some of the best career advice that you've received? Hmm, The best career advice. If you've got any good one. (laughs) Um, I would say always have your back, have yourself back. And like I mentioned before, believe in your worth before everyone else. Because I love this saying is everyone in your life, um, including your life, is a reflection of it in the world. If you come across a lot of people who doesn't trust you or doesn't treat you well, that could be a sign maybe deep down in your inner world, you're not really respecting yourself enough and people just reflecting back to you. And okay, here's one. It's really, I love it the most. Don't take anything personally because like we mentioned before, even professor, even the big managers, upper management, there are humans. They all have their limitations. And what they say about you doesn't mean anything about you. Maybe that's something about your work performances you can improve. And how it was delivered to you has nothing to do with your worth, um, to you as a human being, to you as a soul, because you're such a multifaceted person that working in a job doesn't define you. You're just using this job, a career, as this way to you know, keep yourself financially stable for now. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that you um, you have to attach on the job to make it your whole life. Because I see a lot of people, I see a lot of my um, other friends that work in finance. They're they're exhausted. They're burned out. If a job is burning you out, it's not worth your effort to work so hard for it to just in, um, exchange for the um, financial stability because. That's not the only way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If something's depleting you, it's definitely not pouring into you. So exactly. do you have any other career advice to share with my audience? I would say similar to what I just mentioned before, um, don't put your egg, all your eggs in one basket. Like start exploring your hobbies and what do you like? What do you love? You know, just anything start exploring because having your job in a corporate world it's not everything, you know, having a life, work-life balance, it's kind of like a lie. You don't really balance it all the time, but more like a work-life integration. Work is important, but it shouldn't be taking up all your time and really develop a good self-care um, practice and really start loving yourself. Because once you start loving yourself, even the works. Um, work environment you're in it can change because you change it's that simple and also I would say another great advice for whoever's listening trying to get a better job start deciding decide what you want and be so firm behind your values 
and no one can like break it even for now even though you work for like a crappy job for now how can you bring more gratitude into this it's not like you're thanking people for treating you like unfairly but thank this job for showing you what you don't like so you start looking for what you like and start building up your Their strength, muscle, and stop letting these people deplete your energy, and stop letting people ruin your day. Because you are the creator of your life, and you get to decide what kind of day you have. Even though the current environment might not be the most nurturing, but you have the power to change. And it's up to you to start be the energetic match to what you want. If you want to be working in a better job, maybe how if you want to work with better coworkers. How can you be that person first? Because once you're being that person, you become the magnet to what you want to attract. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I love all of that. So, Emma, how can people reach you if they would like to connect with you? Yeah,、um, they can reach me at Instagram, and my handle is spelled as. Grow with M and underscore is G R O W W I T H E M underscore.、Um, I mostly hang out with my community and you know connect with people through Instagram, and I post pretty much IG stories every day because I love chatting <laughs> to people through my IG stories, and I share a lot of like about self love and self care practices. Mindset hacks and you know a lot of subconscious work in Instagram. Thank you. Yeah, and I'll make sure to connect it and put it all in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time. Before I end today, was there anything else that you wanted to share with us? Yeah,、um, I'll say just no matter what you do, have faith in yourself. I want you to start telling yourself, no matter what happened, you have her back. Go into the mirror, stare in your eyes, and tell yourself how much you love, appreciate yourself, how grateful you are for yourself to be such a strong and unstoppable person. And no matter what happened, I have her back. And no matter what kind of hardship you're going through, remember what you're going through is setting yourself for success. No matter how bad it seems right now, but you're gonna learn and be a much better person. And what the experience you're having right now is gonna shape you and help you to land your dream job, even though it doesn't look like it. But you can start to look for the goods when you start looking looking for love, and you'll find love. So make sure you only start focusing what you want instead of what you don't want. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you and your advice and everything you said. I completely agree. Could not agree more. Thank you again. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a great talk, and I'm really happy to really bring my experience and all what I've learned and mastered from my past. Because I know it's a tough time right now to be, you know. In this day and age, and I know people would be stuck. I feel stuck in like a not ideal situation. I just hope by sharing my story, we can shed some lights on their life and showing them it's okay. You're going to be fine. You're going to make it. 
Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And the first part is just being aware of, of it, right, that we have a choice. And then, you know, being aware of like, what is actually going on, like, we are in a circumstance that we created, even if we don't think we did. Mm -hmm. 100% sure. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Manifest Your Career podcast with me, your host, Dr. Norma Reyes, a career and mindset coach. Learn more today on manifestyourcareer.com.